At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Run Line, VSIN's premier baseball betting show. With Josh Towers, here's Ben Wilson. Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on The Run Line. Two hours coming your way of all kinds of baseball betting analysis. I'm your host for today, Adam Burke, joined by former Major League pitcher, spending over parts of eight seasons in the Major Leagues, Josh Towers. Josh, how's it going today, man? Good, buddy. You? Good. Good to have you here. Ben Wilson on assignment. Assignment (laughs) being at a bachelor party in Nashville. So we'll have Ben back on next week's show. That is exactly what he's doing. I don't know if everyone knows that, but now they do. Now they do. Sounds like a good time. It sounds like a great time. He's actually been texting me. It has been a great time. So (laughs) I don't know if he'll be happy to be back next Sunday, but he will be back here with us on the show. We got action that we'll be updating throughout the first hour of the show, at least as long as this game goes here between the Mets and the Dodgers and, of course, Sunday Night Baseball, the Cardinals and the Cubs. We'll have plenty of updates throughout the show with that. But I guess let's go ahead and talk about this Mets-Dodgers game real quick, Josh, because... 5-4 5-4 in the 10th, the leadoff batter up in the bottom of the inning for the Dodgers, so you've got the ghost runner out there on second. Mets just took a 5-4 lead. We may not have gotten to this point if the Mets didn't opt to use Edwin Diaz in the eighth inning to face the top of the Dodgers order, and you said you didn't necessarily agree with that decision. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning it because I, I didn't understand why, why he's coming in in the eighth. He's our closer. He's clearly the closer. And then I was like, all right, maybe it's that time of the season where I want to get him two innings and the Dodgers are the best team in baseball, right? So why not against this team who we hope to be facing down the line in the postseason, I'm, I'm assuming. But you and I watched the game, and next thing you know, Seth Lugo, who I love, Seth's in the game, and it didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any sense at all. And then you said, which might be the actual play, was all right, maybe they brought him in to face the top of the lineup who they feel Mookie best, and these guys are a lot better. You guys get Diaz, and then we trust Seth with everybody else. Well, again, in theory, I got you, but what that does is like, Oh, to Seth Lugo. Oh, I'm not good enough to face those guys. But at the same time, I guess I'm kind of closing. But I wasn't really prepared to do this. I was actually prepared to come in first. And so you kind of like you throw off the pen a little bit. And I think that we overmanage a little bit. I think Buck did in this, in this case. Well, and of course, ironically enough, now in the 10th inning, it's Mookie Betts facing a guy in Adonis Medina who's out there making just his sixth appearance of the season. I believe his 11th career appearance. And now he gets the top of the order yeah. with the game on the line here. So We'll see how this kind of plays out uh, for the Mets and the Dodgers. If the Mets can win this game, it'd be a great split for them after losing the first two games, but uh, if they don't get this one. Yeah, it's going to be tough here, too. I mean, again, this kid's good. Like, he only had the one outing where he gave up runs. The other five, I think he's been scoreless. He looks good. He's gone multiple innings. Um, But still, this is a situation where, you know, again, it's a safe situation. You got Mookie Betts up. Mookie gets a late call. Adonis was still looking down, looking at the runner at second, and and that's never sits well with you, but – 
Look at that ball wasn't even close to a strike zone. I mean, it's just the respect that Mookie gives. It's unbelievable. Well, in the other game here, we've got the Cubs, a one nothing lead over the Cardinals. They scored in the first inning, then had a guy thrown out uh, at third yeah. after a base hit single that scored a run. Uh, so we've had a couple of interesting outs on the base paths in that game. <laughs> uh, but a couple of guys on for the Cardinals here, two outs, Yadier Molina at the plate. Again, we'll be updating this as we go throughout the show here. But, Josh, in, in terms of you know kind of what we've seen throughout the course of the weekend here, and obviously this Mets and Dodgers series kind of the headline uh, of the weekend, a potential NLCS preview, I guess we could say. Anything else stand out to you here about the weekend? Well, I, I think Minnesota's still surprising me. I mean, Gosman didn't look good today, and, and, and that was a kind of a shootout. Uh, obviously, the Angels, 10 in a row. Like, I, I get it. Listen, I, I've lost nine in a row, I think it was. Eight or nine with the Jays. It feels like you lost every game the whole season. Like, it is the longest streak. It, it's amazing. But the way the Angels lost today, you know, Bryce hits the grand slam and then Stott, their Vegas boy, hits the walk-off three-run jack. Like, you're up 5 nothing. You just don't expect that to happen. So what I'm watching with the Angels, man, I can – that plane ride tonight, or right now, quietest plane ride of history. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm just shocked. We're not seeing, like – we're not seeing people steal. We're not seeing hit run. We're not – like, you gotta you got to create something when you're going this bad. And it's it, it just shocking to see. So – that stands out pretty good to me, too. Well, and for the Angels here, as you mentioned, you know, that big lead. And, and look, their bullpen has been an issue. I mean, over the last 14 days, a 6-12 ERA Oof. coming into today. And then, of course, today they give up seven runs. Only four of them were earned. So, you know, I, I guess we kind of give them a little bit of a break for that. The defense didn't really help them out. But, look, you know, this is a team that Mike Trout's not hitting. Taylor Ward's on the injured list now. Mm -hmm. You know, Shohei Otani's been – Pretty inconsistent throughout the course of the season overall, at least from a hitting standpoint. He's pitched pretty well. But, you know, Brandon Marsh, maybe the league has kind of adjusted to him a little bit. He's kind of cooled off some. Uh, but Trout here, hitless in seven straight, nine of 11. He's only scored a run in one of his last 12 games. And this Angels team, to me, sort of feels, ironically enough, a lot like the Phillies, yeah. where they have to out-hit teams to win because the pitching staff just isn't very good. And the Phillies staff is good. That's the other thing. We always knew this about the Angels, like – they went and got Noah Syndergaard like if that was the answer, right? They, they You needed to go get pitching. It's kind of what they did last year in the draft. They drafted 20 straight pitchers in 20 rounds. It's the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. You don't do That's not how you get better at pitching. Um, that's their problem. It's not the offense. But when you try to cater your team around offense, you're always going to lose. You're not going to outscore. It's like the all-star game of the postseason. You're facing the best of the best. Now, if, if you want to take – now, the Brewers have better pitching for sure. But if you want to take the Brewers' approach – and you don't score a lot of runs, but you have to have the legit pitching, and then you beat up on all the bad teams, your record's boosted, you win your division, and you struggle in the postseason, take that route. But if you think you're going to out-hit everybody to win, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. That's, but today there was major errors to score 300 runs. I mean, a big-time defense let them down on top of everything. The Yankees, I think before today, I didn't look at today, uh, five straight, six straight, seven straight, whatever it was, where the starters have gone seven innings. Like, that's how you win in baseball, and we went away from that, and now we're watching it. Urias didn't go six today. He didn't go five, I think, barely. Uh, Santa Ball went four-plus for the Angels today. Now you're asking my bullpen. When, when you're asking your bullpen to eat four and five runs every game or four and five innings, I'm sorry, every game, you failed. Your, your starters have to go deep in games, and these guys aren't doing it. And I'm babying Noah Syndergaard, and now Noah's starting to question himself again. He's starting to struggle. Uh, it, it can't happen. Your starters have to go deep. Your Ben has your bullpen has got to be like called upon when needed, not called upon just because they're struggling because of your pitching. Well, and we'll talk more about this game uh, at the tail end of the show here. But the Angels, 
no rest for the wicked. They play tomorrow. They host the Boston Red Sox. So they've got to turn around right after this game, a cross-country flight home. Noah Syndergaard and Michael Waka in that one. We'll talk about that one later on in the show here. But I do want to touch on something because I wrote about this recently in Point Spread Weekly, taking a look at a couple of the new pitching coaches this year, Brent Strom for the Diamondbacks, Ruben Niebla for the San Diego Padres. And you mentioned the Yankees, and they hired Matt Blake not that long ago. Yeah. Very familiar with Matt Blake as well as Ruben Niebla being from Cleveland, being an Indian slash Guardians fan, two guys that had their hands in everything with the development of that pitching staff. How much, how much of a difference does that pitching coach make? Blake's the one with the Yankees? Yes. Wasn't he in college not too long ago? I believe so, yeah. I, well, I could he, have sworn he was with Michigan. That's what I, I thought they hired that guy. Did they already go through him? Am I wrong on this? I don't know. I'll look it up. We got to look I'll this look it up, up during the break. But, but, I mean, look, you know, I think that the pitching coach just makes a really, really big difference in terms of being able to attack hitters. And the thing about Niebla, and I know that you're not necessarily as much of an analytics guy as I am, but one of Niebla's roles with the Indians was to take in the data and then yep. pass it on to the pitchers and do so in a way that made sense to them. And now you've got a Padres team, top five in starter FIP. They have the most starter innings pitched this season. Their guys are working deep into games. Mackenzie Gore looks great. He looks I, I, think, I think there's a, a lot to be said oh. about the pitching coach and his relationship, not only with the players, but also with the message the front office is trying to send. It, you're 100. It's, it's actually all the coaches, but you're 100 with that, man. I mean, and again, having been down the road of being a pitching coach, I understand this. And you and I had a lot of conversation off air about the impact that we have, yeah, it, it's, it's massive. But you have to have the pitching coach to be allowed to do his thing. He's got to earn the trust of the players. In San Diego, I would love to give it to him. I really would. But I think the biggest thing in San Diego is the manager. I mean, they got Melvin over there who came from a place where he was always successful. We love playing for him. He understands the game. He's given the freedom to manage. And like you remember last year, the Padres had this massive rotation. Everybody. And even like Paddock was your sixth or Dilson Lament was even your sixth. And now all of a sudden everybody's healthy and you don't know what to do. Now I'm going to piggyback these two guys. You're going to start and you're going to go after him now. You're going to flip. That's, a, that's always going to design fail. They didn't know what to do. So whoever was running that last year put those guys in a position to fail. Their manager was not given the opportunity to manage. Also knew. So he was learning and not really trusting himself. It's a completely different situation in his way with Melvin, who's 100% allowed to do his thing. No one's saying anything from the front office. And these guys trust – I mean, they don't even have Tatis. They're missing major players, and they're this successful right now. This is not the same team, but I think it's more Melvin than anybody, to be honest with you. But it's, it, you're right. It's probably a good collaboration. Uh, Matt Blake joined the Indians organization in 2015. It was right. a lower-level pitching coordinator, then was assistant director of pitching development. And interestingly enough, he worked for Eric Cressy, who was the so trainer for lot. Corey Kluber. Mm-hmm. So Matt Blake and Corey Kluber, of course, had a really well, good now He's down in Jupiter. He moved his, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he took his talents down to Jupiter. A lot of guys are seeing him down there, which well, and, is where and, a lot of teams are. I mean, that web, you know, that coaching tree of, of not only the facilities yeah. that guys go to, but then also, you know, we've seen a lot of pitching college pitching coaches. You know, Wes Johnson with uh, Minnesota, a guy that made the leap from, I believe, Arkansas uh, up to the Minnesota Twins. You know, we see that a lot here, and I, I, that's probably a discussion for another day, kind of taking a look at, you know, kind of the influence of, of new thoughts and new ideas as opposed to a lot of the, the retread managers and pitching coaches is uh, Medina gets out of it here. He Strikeout with men on second and third. So the Mets come away with a really, really impressive split in this series because, honestly, we can talk about this more after the break, Josh. I was looking for some regression out of the Mets. I mean, they're starting pitching. They've had some injuries, but their offensive profile is not all that impressive. 
but they put a lot of balls in play. They, you know, find ways to get hits at key times, and they come away with a really nice split here. Yeah, they, they, the biggest thing they lacked last year was depth. They had none. They traded away the entire minor leagues. They had nothing to go get, nothing to trade for. They lost everything. And all those signings you're seeing this year, the, the Escobars, the Conov, all these guys, like that created depth, but also a veteran presence that I can trust. And the pitching staff has just done an amazing job so far. The bullpen's been great, but the starters have been better. Well, just our first segment here on the run line with myself and Josh Towers. We'll be coming back after the break with plenty more to talk about. We'll give you an update here on this Cardinals and Cubs game as well. Uh, The last game left on the board for today, that Sunday night baseball matchup uh, at Wrigley Field. So coming back, we got plenty to talk about here on the run line, VSIN's baseball betting show. And Josh Towers, happy to have you with me here. Dude, I'm happy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare we are the voice of nascar the green flag is in the air and we are underway the great american race the motor racing network NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes, Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You found VEASAN's premier baseball betting show. This is The Run Line. Welcome back here on The Run Line. It's your host, Adam Burke, alongside Josh Towers, former Major League pitcher. So, a bit different of a perspective here on the show. We won't be nerding out as much as we have on the previous shows, myself uh, and Ben Wilson, but still, I think it's going to be great to have Josh on the show here and give us a different kind of perspective, including his thoughts on this Cardinals and Cubs game, which is going on here, where we've got the Cubs up 2-0. They score another run here in the fourth inning. Look at the live number, Cubs minus 290. Live total in this game, 6.5, with a little bit of juice there on the under. But, Josh, you know, in, in kind of looking at this game here, only six combined swings and misses for Adam Wainwright and Justin Steele. So not a lot of swing and miss in this game, but not a lot of offense to be seen thus far. No, I didn't really – to me, Steele hasn't pitched that well, so I really didn't anticipate him even going four scoreless, to be honest with you, or where he's at. Now, he, he kind of got away with some stuff. We had the, Don, the Donovan slap double to left field that he slid into second base. And, you know, to the naked eye, he looks out, the umpire calls him out. But, you know, you and I and the rest of baseball have the privilege of – of instant replay, and we realized that it looked like he was safe. Like, he did get his hand in. I was wondering why he didn't just pull the right and go into the left, but it looked like he got his hand in. But he never he never pops up and says, hey, take a peek at it. The manager never says, give me 10 seconds. Let me hear my guy in the studio. Nothing. They just let it go. Like, it was nothing. That's a huge play. It's a one-out double. That puts a guy in scoring position with one out, and you're down one-nothing at the time. And so I'm shocked that with all the things that we have, and there's always a guy in, like, again, it's, like, right behind the dugout. We always have a guy right there who's watching it anyways. How he doesn't even whistle on through and say, hey, you know, challenge that or give me an extra second. Like, I'm, I'm shocked at that. So, that's a, to me, that's a major play of the game. Uh, and then it's really, um, I mean, he, to me, Wainwright made the one bad pitch to Ian Happ in the first inning. That was a double. That uh, put second and third, and he wasn't able to pitch out of it. So, he gave up the one run, which isn't bad. Uh, but then that little two out, which frustrates you to no end, Jason Hayward's up, and we got the shift on, which I don't know why we're shifting Jason Hayward. I'm, I just, to me, he's not a very good hitter, and – He's not that guy anymore, and so he hits a fastball away to the shortstop. It goes through the hole for a hit, obviously, and that's the second run. So, you know, for Wainwright, that's going to be pretty frustrating, but the offense is going to have to step up. I think that they're in a situation where they've been here before, so they're not overly worried. They have came back on the Cubs already in the series down like 3 nothing at one point. Um, but they just – they're not grinding out of bats right now. I think they were taken for granted that they might – 
they might light steel up, in my opinion. It's kind of the vibe I'm getting from them. Well, I think it's a, it's a really interesting point, too, because they came in today tied for the league lead and weighted on base average against lefties with Colorado, who obviously gets a big boost from the home ballpark. But the Cardinals, in terms of park-adjusted weighted runs created plus, the best offense in baseball against left-handed pitching so far this season. So, as you said, maybe they just kind of took for granted that they would go out there and knock a guy like Steele around. But we will be updating this one here as we go throughout. And, of course, as you know, we see how deep Steele goes into the game, he's only thrown 47 pitches through four innings. Scattered four hits, no strikeouts for either starter here. Are you thus serious? Far, which is <laughs> very interesting given the current state of Major League Baseball. But yeah, you know, look, I, I think it's really important to talk about something here that you know. And I saw some tweets from at Ballpark Pal on wow. Twitter over the last couple of days here, where home runs in the month of, about midway through the month of May really took a massive leap. And there was a lot of discussion early on in the season regarding the humidor, about the impact that it had sort of deadening the baseball, especially in those cooler weather conditions. But then in mid-May, everything seemed to change a little bit. I'm going to run through these numbers here. From opening day to May 13th, kind of an arbitrary endpoint, but that's where the data came from from this tweet. Batting average 238 on base, 308, slugging 375, a home run per fly ball percentage of 10.3%. From May 14th through June 3rd, which, of course, Friday's games, 249 average, 316 on base, 408 slugging. So about a 33-point increase in slugging percentage and home run to fly ball percentage up almost 2% from May 14th till now. What are the chances we can get those exact same numbers from last year? And the only reason I say that is because, first of all, I don't know why we're messing with the humidors around baseball. Like, you're trying to create offense, and then you – you all, they always do something to contradict offense, right? Like put a pitch clock on us. Well, the faster we pitch, the more hitters are rushed, the less they're going to score. Mm-hmm. Like that's – we've known that for eternity, but apparently they don't know that. And so you change all these rules, and then you give us one. Well, you're giving us some pretty good ones. i got to be honest with you. You're going to deaden the balls. Like it's already like these guys are swinging at everything and don't care anyways. It's a home run or not, and so you're not even helping them out, but you want more. I'm, I'm so confused with a lot of rules they change. But the reason I say – let me go back to last year if we could. The only reason I say that is because spring training was three weeks this year. We rushed spring training because we knew we missed the start of the season and we were going to have to shorten the season, which we didn't want to do, right? So we gave them three weeks of spring training. That's not enough time for anybody to get in shape. Now, pitchers, I have the luxury because everything in spring training is built around me. Plus, I'm working myself up to spring training at home, so I'm getting innings in. So even though they might only let me go one inning or maybe two, depending on who I am, I really can go three or four as a starter easy coming into spring training. Like, that's what that's about. So... I'm going to have a little bit more of an edge. And then plus, in today's game, we use the bullpen so much that I'm only going to go five anyway, so that's easy to do, no worries. But for a hitter, you're talking about trying to get in the rhythm of finding pitches. Your first day in camp, you're getting live BP, and you haven't seen real swings, really. And you got to dig in, and i am you know got all these guys throwing the ball all over, trying to make teams throwing hard. That's your first intro to spring training, and then we jump right into games. And now you're facing me, who I'm ahead of schedule, given my offseason and how we work, you're not. You're not ahead of schedule. You don't get to see that much live pitching. Some do, some don't, but not as much as you need. My other issue is in spring training, maybe at the very last day you might see we saw Bobby Abreu, or uh, not Jose Abreu, I say Bobby, Jose Abreu, but that's because his mom told him every time I turn TV on, you better be in the game, and so he's never missed a day since, right? He's the only guy. He's the only one I saw go nine innings. Now, there probably was more. I might have missed it, but we asked these guys to go, give me two at-bats, give me three at-bats, go four innings, go five innings, go six innings, you're good, take it to the house, you're good, you're a veteran, you're on the team, and then all of a sudden, we go from day games to you're playing five innings, and we only went three weeks of spring training to the opening day, here's nine innings at night, and go get them. 
it doesn't work that way. So these guys, for me, yes, a lot of those numbers are based on this ball because I called some people around big leagues and asked about these balls, and one of them told me, Josh, every time I touch a baseball, it's different. Every ball I get is different. And I was like, man, I didn't want to hear that. So, yes, there is something to the balls, but now these guys are starting to get, the hitters are starting to get into midseason form. They got, you know, 100-plus of bats in them. I didn't have to look at how many bats. They got two months worth of baseball, maybe 200 bats. Um, and they're playing every day. And now that's where we're going to see the rhythm, the heat, the, all the good stuff for the hitters, the video on pitchers, all this stuff. They're, they're definitely going to improve as it goes on. So looking at last year, from April 1st to May 14th, so it's a little bit bigger of a sample size because, of course, this season didn't start until midway through right. April. But just sort of using that as a bit of a guide, 235 average, 311 on base, 391 slugging. And then from May 15th to June 4th, which is kind of the second part of the sample that we just talked about, yeah. 240 average, 314 on base, 404 Slightly. slugging. So up a little bit, not as much not as what much. we've seen here yeah. so far this season. And I want to expand on that point that you just made, talking with some of the guys around Major League Baseball about, you know, a guy, maybe you get a good ball, guy fouls it off, then you get a bad ball. So, <laughs> you know, sort of thinking about that from the, the perspective of somebody who played the game. Yeah. Like, as a pitcher, you know, it's really about conviction. You know, you have to want to throw what you're throwing. You have to be fully committed oh, to the you pitch that you're to. throwing. So you, you've got a good ball. You make a good pitch. Guy fouls it off, dribbles it up the third baseline, whatever. That ball's scuffed up. They throw it out of play. You get the next ball from the umpire, and you know it's not a good one. Mm -hmm. what, what does that do to your mindset as a pitcher in terms of throwing that next pitch? Yeah, I'm curious, man, with these. Like, I've seen some guys say you can, like, some balls you get, you can press and almost dent. I'll take that all day because, to me, that's like a scuff where I can make him move. Um, you know, when I played, it was – like, umpires rub the balls up, and then we get to a point where we use all the baseballs, and so maybe my bullpen coach or somebody else, the clubhouse kids, they rubbed up the rest of the balls for the rest of the game. It's funny because – in the first inning, second, third inning, you'll see, like, brown balls, decent balls, like, you know, have the mud on them. By the seventh inning, I'm getting absolutely white balls, right? So the hitters can see that a lot better. I don't have as much traction on my grip as I would have. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, go to my mouth or whatever. We weren't allowed to. They can go now, which is kind of cool. Uh, just something to, to hold the baseball because of how much they do change, right? Because you go, like you said it, the average baseball lasts about one pitch. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm -hmm. if a ball hits the bat, that ball's gone no matter what. Which is the other funny thing is, so, again, give me a scuff, right? Give me something that I can make the ball move. That's what I'm looking for. I want a little extra movement, a little something. Um, I used to always ask my catchers, hey, on the throw down to second base, will you bounce the ball to my second base, move my shortstop, let them catch and tag, they'll throw it around. I said, it's the only time the umpires don't take it out of play. I go, but any other time, it's out of play. I was like, so at least I'll get that ball for at least part of the first hitter if I can get him to roll out early. Because as soon as the catcher throws it, all four umpires turn around and go back. And then I get a scuff, and then I can move it. A um, little bit of an edge that we, we need. But, you know, again, when I'm getting all white balls that aren't rubbed up and I can't even feel them, they're slipping on my hands, i got to get something, right? It's, 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 it's a crazy. And then, again, going back to – Cardinals just tied it up with two outs. I didn't even see what happened. Going back to today's game where you're going to – the starting pitchers, the relievers, I mean, both of them are telling me that I'm getting a different ball every time. Like, how can anybody play fairly? And I'm, I'm not biased towards pitchers. How can the hitters play fairly? How can pitchers, like, how can anybody, shortstops making a throw? Like, it's all different today. It's weird. I don't understand why they mess with it. Well, and and obviously, you know, from a betting standpoint, I mean, it's remarkably Look frustrating. You, you go into every you go into every season, the ball is fundamentally different in one way or mm -hmm. another. You know, and then obviously the inconsistency of the balls, that's definitely 
uh, really, really big deal here. But when we come back from the break, we do have an update in this Cubs and Cardinals game. As you mentioned, yeah. the Cardinals tying this one up. Now we got a meeting at the mound with Justin Steele, uh, you know, turning that lineup over, having a little bit of issues here in this one as that Cardinals offense, which has been really good against lefties, starting to show it here tonight. Two to two uh, in this game. Of course, remember the live total was six and a half going into this inning. So that obviously threatened here in this game. So we'll be back with more updates on that Cardinals and Cubs game and also talk about MLB player awards here after the break on the run line, Beeson's MLB betting show. And.com. You found Beeson's premier baseball betting show. This is the run line. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free cash all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details and always drink responsibly. Back here on the run line with host Adam Burke and Josh Towers, keeping an eye on this Cardinals and Cubs game here. Two to two as we head to the bottom of the fifth, the Cardinals finally breaking through for a couple of runs on Cubs left-hander Justin Steele. As we talked about, Cardinals coming into this game with the best offense in baseball against left-handed pitching. Cubs still a minus-125 favorite in the live markets, though. Total seven and a half, just a little bit to the over as Adam Wainwright comes back to the hill for the bottom of the fifth here. And uh, Josh, still no strikeouts in this game. So hopefully everybody out there played the under strikeout props for these two guys. <laughs> um, that's actually the most shocking part about the game. I mean, again, when Wainwright's on, when he's using the corners, obviously that he get, he's not getting any swings and misses on the curveball either. Like he's not really controlling that. There's this cutter that he's going to go into, but I, I mean, sometimes you just get those on accident. I mean, I didn't strike out anybody, but you get one or two on accident, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and for both these guys to not have any, and then for Dorman to be 2-2 two, two with, with no strikeouts is probably the most impressive part. Defenses have been there. Again, we've seen some guys thrown out. We've seen Donovan for the Cardinals. We saw in the first inning, I didn't think that the Cubs runner should have tried to tack from second to third on that relay. I, you know, it's too deep a fly ball to we're really going to throw him out at home, so Goldschmidt did a great job in, in cutting it, throwing him out third. And I know what he's doing. Like, well... In, in theory, you kind of want to get caught up to let that run score, but he didn't. He tagged and was thinking he was going to make it, and he got hosed. Luckily, the runner decided to sprint through home, which we see them not do a lot. So, I, I, to me, they kind of – I don't know. I mean, that could have been a big inning in the first inning. It could have set the tone, and I kind of – you know, I, I get out of that situation with only one run, and in that format, you know, as Wainwright, I'm feeling a little bit relieved. So, I, I, for them to be minus 125, the Cubs, I don't think that's right. I get that you're going to be maybe a little bit – favorite at home and that you're still hitting in the bottom of the fifth but what we've seen with this bullpen we've seen the Cardinals be down twice I think that I remember in the series and come back and win and one of them they won by a lot uh I, I just think that's that's too big of a line well both of these teams off tomorrow because I usually do like to look at that coming off the Sunday night baseball game kind of a you know, sort of a marquee event I do this in hockey too in terms of hockey night in Canada yeah. if you get the Canadian teams kind of a marquee event especially here playing a rival like the Cardinals and the Cubs are yeah. doing uh, but both of these teams off tomorrow. In fact, only six games tomorrow across Major League Baseball. So we'll talk about those a little bit later on in the show. But, Josh, let's hit on the uh, MLB Player Awards markets right now. And we just saw the game conclude between the Mets and the Dodgers. Mookie Betts, your NL MVP favorite, at plus 300 out there. Manny Machado, plus 350. Paul Goldschmidt, who, of course, just had his 25-game hitting streak snapped. Uh, he slashed 424, 482, 869, with 10 home runs 
over 112 plate appearances during that stretch. And in fact, that pushed his MVP number down quite significantly, as you can see on the screen there, over at BetMGM, plus 475 for Goldschmidt. Bryce Harper, 9-1, to big grand slam here today, kind of a signature, maybe MVP-esque type of moment for him. What do you think about this NL MVP market? Anybody stand out to you? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it was in preseason. It was, you know, just look at the Angels, right? I mean, when you got Shohei Otani doing both sides, it's really hard, even if you have kind of an off year, to, to not be the MVP. Last year was, was more amazing than anything. Mookie Betts is, I don't know, is ridiculous the word? Like, I, I, absurd. I don't get, like, it's just, well, and his RBIs is the one thing to hold him back, but he's done it before. It, it's because he's the leadoff guy. But again, I mean, three. 303 with 16 and all the runs he's going to score on that team. And it, it's it's hard not to look at Mookie. Uh, I, I think Goldschmidt, he's always good. And so we just get used to it. So we really don't – like he's going to have to do something crazy exceptional to kind of get into the talk no matter how consistent he is. Do the and Cardinals need to make the playoffs for Goldschmidt to win MVP? I, I, I don't like the fact that, that that's the case. But, I mean, look at Juan Soto last year. Right. Right? So it's tough. And then, you know, to me it was always uh, pre-flop. Um, I know I was talking about show, uh, the American League and Otani then, but pre-flop, it was, it was Bryce to me. Um, again, going home last year, before last season, Paul Seawald with the Mariners, who was with the Mets, and kind of was like almost like, ah, but he still caught his opportunity to pitch in the big leagues and was amazing. And Bryce Harper, both these two kids, their offseason goals that I have heard and, and, and talked to people about was, how do I finish the season stronger than I started? which became something very important to me and us in Toronto once you got established in the big leagues. is like I wanted to be better in September than I was in April, right? I want to be better in September than I was in June and July. And you usually faded, and you see these young kids, we always fade. And so I learned how to alter everything in August to slow everything down so I can finish stronger. Bryce Harper did that last year. Whatever he did, whatever his goals were, it was amazing. Paul did the same thing in Seattle and was amazing, and he's really good again this year. He solidified himself as a Major League Baseball player, and Bryce Harper won that MVP again. Now you're letting Bryce Harper get off to a pretty good start. Let me look at Bryce's numbers right here. We're hitting 309 at this point, 370, and then he did what he did today. He's got now 13 and 40 on the season, uh, 58 hits, 39 runs scored. Like Bryce Harper, I don't, if, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't have these numbers last year this time. I'm going to think they were a little lower probably. If he can do this before he actually takes off, like that's scary to me. So, I, you know, I'm still on Bryce when it comes to this, when it comes to the National League. So let's talk about the American League because, look, I mean, the, the reality is that with what he's doing, because we've never seen it before, Shohei Otani could win the MVP every year. Every year. Just because, I mean, in terms of value, being a two-way player and all that. But you talk about starting and trying to finish better than you started. It might be hard for Aaron Judge to finish better than he started here. 21 home runs on the season, 677 slugging percentage, now, he is in a contract year as well, so you know, definite incentive for him to continue producing the way that he is. But at the same time, he's also a guy who's dealt with a lot of injuries, you know, a lot of soft tissue injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. So you do worry about him he be, staying healthy. He won't this year, guys. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Anytime you're on contract year, you don't get hurt. So, <laughs> okay. So judge the second favorite out there, 3-1, to one, Shohei Otani. 3-1. Plus 225, Mike Trout, who, again, could probably win it every year as long as he stays healthy, right. plus 450. Personally, to me, the single most valuable player to his team 100%. is Jose Ramirez, who's 12 to 1. But what do you think about uh, any of these names on the board here? And again, it goes back to Soto last year. Like, uh, Jose Ramirez is unbelievable. And what he's doing right now with the 50 plus RBIs on this team, 
is amazing. Now, this team does things that the rest of baseball doesn't do, which is why they're kind of always in games. But Jose Ramirez is – I just feel like he's going to get overlooked for the team, and he shouldn't because he is that dang good of a hitter. Um, obviously, Judge stands out. My preflop was um, Jordan Alvarez, the guy I circled right there. And, and he's starting to heat up. He's not too far behind Aaron Judge. I mean, 313 to 295 for Jordan. 21 homers to 16, 42 RBIs to 34. Like, he's not that far behind him in a lot of categories. I don't think he has quite the protection that Aaron Judge has. But with that said, as a starting pitcher and or a bullpen, um, why am I pitching to Aaron? Like, I'm well aware of what contract years are. We all have right. them. We, we all are really good in our contract years. Uh, he turned down a massive amount of money at 30 years old, that he's, in my opinion, I don't care how good of a year he has, he's not going to get the same contract next year because now you're going to be 31, right? It's different. We saw what Freddie Freeman got with the Dodgers. It was kind of impressive to see, and we see some contracts that were really nice for 30, 31-year-old guys, but not that nice. So I'm shocked that he turned it down. Him and Paige Odell, his agent, it surprises me, but he's backing it up this year. With that said, you talked about it. He does get hurt, and why am I pitching to him? Who? Who? Unless they put DJ LeMahieu behind Aaron Judge, who am I worried about? Anthony Rizzo, who's hitting 214. John Carlos Stanton, who, to me, I mean, he's having a good year, but I, I'm not afraid of him as a hitter. He's probably the least guy I'm afraid of. And the wind blows, he gets hurt, right? So, like, why would I ever pitch to Aaron Judge when I can pitch to Donaldson, Rizzo, Stanton? Now, don't get me wrong. When you say that out loud, it sounds like they're pretty big names, and they all used to be. But they're not that impressive to me. They're not who they used to be. And so, again, if I get caught up in looking at analytically as a team, or if I get caught up looking at their names, which we all do when we're young, we look on the back instead of the front and not their holes, okay, now I'm in trouble. But if I look reality, I don't have to pitch Aaron Judge. I can pitch anybody else in that line. Of pitching is why that team wins. Well, I mean, you look at it with Jose Ramirez. I can't believe his walk rate's only 14%. Like, <laughs> nobody else in that lineup can actually hurt you on a consistent basis. Correct. I, I don't know why. I mean, Mike Matheny actually walked him in the first inning of a nothing-nothing game last week. And then also walked him again in his second plate appearance intentionally. How'd that series go? It's, why not, well, not well. Not well for the Royals at all. Curious. But they, they have I, a lot of other problems that, that they need to tend to. Uh, we will get to Cy Young odds a little bit later in the yeah. show. But I, I wanted to ask one other thing about the MVP here. So I think you could make a case that maybe Byron Buxton is the best position player in Major League Baseball. But he's another one that just he can't stay healthy. It's almost like when you talk about this MVP market, whether it's pre-flop or in-season, you're almost betting on health more than anything. It, listen, uh, we got a minute left on this. Um, I keep hearing about Byron Buxton. I've been hearing about this kid for years, right? They gave him a lot of money. And and somebody else uh, the other day in, in, on, in baseball player said that they felt like talent-wise, all with every tool, he is the best player in the game. Um, 216, 306, 254, 262, 156, 253, 225, 209. He's a no. He's never hit more than 19 home runs. He's very inconsistent. I don't care how talented you are. At some point, you got to do the job. And he doesn't do the job. So, like, to me, Byron Buxton is a cross-off every year. He's got a lot to prove in order to, like, solidify himself as somebody that I'm going to respect when I face them or, uh, like, a legit major league guy. Like, he, he just – these numbers are no good. Well, we got a leadoff man on here for the Cardinals in the six. So, we'll update Cubs and Cardinals when we come back from the break here on the run line, v baseball betting show. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago street course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You found VEASAN's premier baseball betting show. This is The Run Line. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. The betting splits page will show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, and now it is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't quite match public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game over at vcin.com and a lot of great tools over there at vcin.com as well for you to check out so plenty of things to go and look at my daily mlb article returns tomorrow uh, we got Derek cardi's projections including the bat on ev analytics so that's for every game over at vcin.com as well so plenty of great baseball stuff for you to check out and some interesting baseball stuff here in this game tonight yeah. josh cardinals and cubs going to the bottom six tied at two to two we we're talking about it during the break justin Steele. He's almost turned over the lineup a third time here for the Cubs in tonight's game. Coming into tonight's game, he had only faced a batter for the third time in 12 plate appearances throughout the course of the season. So a very, very good start here from Steele going six innings. He's also only thrown 77 pitches. So we'll see if David Ross tries to push him a little bit. But there was something you picked up in this game that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I mean, listen, with him, I, I like at this point, I would. Their, their bullpen's taxed. It's been taxed this whole series. And, and again, you you referenced they, it's very important to look at by the way, when you're betting is what the bullpen has done. Do I have an off day tomorrow? Because then I can actually push somebody to where, you know, usually I wouldn't, but I'll push them a little bit because I know I have that off day. So that's important. Um, it happened the other day with, with, with Stroman. So he faces the Cardinals. And early in the game, a lot of lefties, which I'll talk about the offense too, uh, Stroman was wearing out the lefties. Nolan Gorman, two strikeouts in a row. Donovan, um, trying, uh, well, I'm blanking on the other lefties name at home run. Um, he was wearing them out with, with, with the slider in, looking like the fastball on the corner, and then it was a slider in, starting on the plate, but it were never strikes. And so the first couple times through, um, or the first time through the lineup, and almost the second time, he was pitching really, really well. There's two issues with this. One, when you establish in early, I'm really getting those guys to start to fire early. And it's a great, like, that's why relievers do so well. It's a great recipe for success. But once I get them guys to clear and look in, now the second time, more importantly, I have to start going away and I got to start altering my pitches. Stroman didn't do this. He was getting them to swing on top of sliders that weren't balls. And once they realized and talked because there was enough lefties, they decided, hey, anything that starts here, we're just going to take from now on. And so once the second time they started taking it, he didn't know what to do. He still wanted to go to that slider in. But instead of throwing the same pitch because they were taking it, he now started to go up and bring it on the plate because he didn't want to fall behind anymore. And then they started barreling it. And then he got gun shy, so then he started to go away. They started sitting on his fastball. He never really – he tried to use the splitter a little bit, but it wasn't really his best pitch because of how he early set it up, slider, slider, splitty. So they started taking what he was doing, uh, having success with, and forcing him on the plate. He fell for it instead of being willing to walk him and say, you're going to hit my pitch or no pitch since he started in – and they just started to light him up. 
and he did really well, really well, and then it was like light him up, light him up, light him up. They pushed him too far. He got lit because he's a veteran. They had to bring in the bullpen earlier than they wanted. The bullpen gets taxed, right? So we're seeing the same thing with Steele today. And so now I'm starting to think this is the catcher. The one difference with Steele today, actually there's two things, is he hasn't – he started to pattern out, and they started to sit on it, which, you know, I think we saw the two outs – or the two runs with two outs in the fifth. But he hasn't really given in enough to where he hasn't come up in the zone – He's still saying, you know what, it is what it is. I'm going to stay down on the zone. Maybe he learned from Stroman. And that's the reason why he's having a little bit more success. He's asking them to beat the ball on the ground where he hasn't given in as much, which is a beautiful thing. With that said, my one hesitation on this game betting the Cardinals was how slow this lineup was. And we just saw it with Yachty. We see it with Pujols. They're slow. We saw it with Lennon Donovan. That's what scared me. The offset, which means they have more guys on the bench to go to in a 2-2 game late in the game, so it gives them an advantage. But that's the one thing is I think that, that what – Steele has also realized is I can't give in because when you give in to this team, they score a lot. I watched this the other day. And two, I know I have the speed on my side to where if I get them to hit ground balls, they're going to be out all day. No one's going to beat it out. Well, and quick update on this one here. This one's kind of been flipping around. It's it's basically sort of a, a money line pick em type situation. Minus 115 both ways in this one. Total of six and a half uh, as we're two to two in the sixth inning. And I think it's really important to, you know, because we can see a lot of these things. I think they're easier to kind of pick up on in terms of basketball or football from a live betting standpoint, kind of what we see. Just the attention to the detail and the the little nuances of Major League Baseball, especially when you talk about, you know, how a pitcher is attacking hitters, what adjustments he's making the second and third time through the order and all that. They're a little bit more subtle, I guess I would say, when it comes to Major League Baseball. But obviously those are things that, you know, you kind of look at and, and it's a perspective that you're able to have. But what... For you know, somebody who didn't play the game, somebody who's you know betting on baseball, watching baseball, looking to live bet it, are there some cues that you know maybe are just a little bit more general that you look for? Yeah, we, you know, I was gonna. It's funny you ask because you know you and I look at it so differently um, at times, and I was gonna ask you the same question. I was, I was curious, but so the first thing I do, which I think it's, let me see. Uh, we still got their names on the board back here. I know they took off the the, the starting pitchers' names on the betting tickets, right? It's not so much. I got to list them or they're always on there. If I don't want them on there, they're just not even on there no more. So it, it seems to like the game and the betting has evolved to don't worry about the starting pitcher. They're not that relevant anymore. Well, it's starting to come back. They are relevant and they're always going to be relevant. Listen, I can be not a very good pitcher, but if I'm on that day, you're, there's nothing you're going to be able to do. Um, and, and look, they ran into another round. I'm so shocked. Uh, there's nothing you can do if I'm on. And so the first thing that I do is I look, at, uh, I look at the teams, I see the starting pitching, I kind of look at the lines and see what's favorable and what I think, all right, this is out of hand. I'm not going to bet a 230 or 250. It's like, it's not, I'm good with that. I'll look at this game and then I'll go to Wainwright. I mean, let's see what Wainwright's done his last three or four starts, his last five starts. Let me see what he's done last time he's faced this team, if he has faced them. I'll do the same thing with Steele. And I'll go to the starting pitching. When we get into rhythm, like we run for a few games in a row, and that's very important. I don't care who you're facing. If I'm starting to get Zimmerman with the Orioles, who was unbelievable to start, and then he faded because he got rock versus the Yankees, who he dealt against, and then he's had given up like four or five in each of his last three or four starts. He started to lose his confidence, and you can see that. So I really look at the starting pitching and how well they're doing, and I ride the consistencies of them and let them take me into the game. The second thing I look at is the bullpen. Is it tax? When's the last time they used all these guys? Are these guys available? Because that's very important as well. Because almost every team in baseball has – Here's the bullpen we have when we're winning, and here's the bullpen we have when we're losing. I don't want to mess with the losing bullpen because they don't pitch enough. Well, one of the things that you kind of brought up, you know, in terms of how a pitcher's running, you know, does he have a certain level of confidence going and all that? One of the things that I wanted to ask you about, 
you know, you spent a lot of time, you spent your entire major league career in the American League East. So a lot of really good hitters parks generally oh, uh, hitters. In, in the American League East. And we talked about it off air prior to the show with Adam Wainwright, where he's really good at home, not yes. so good on the road. And Bush Stadium is actually a very good pitcher's park. Is there something to be said about being a pitcher and going into a start knowing, hey, I've got some margin for error here. The ball doesn't carry as well here. You know, maybe the hitter backdrop isn't as good, stuff like that. Is, is there something to be said about knowing that you're going into a park that's more favorable versus one that isn't? Yes, and I'm going to answer that question after this. Did you see what they're challenging? So the, the, the Cubs guy got thrown out at home by 20 feet. It wasn't even close. Are they challenging the blocking the plate? They're challenging where Yadi Molina was on the field because you can't block the plate. His knee was right on the line as he dropped to his knee to catch the ball. They're challenging. If they overrule this, this is what's wrong with baseball. Because like, as got a, a former catcher in the dugout here for the Cubs, too. Yeah, exactly. Look at where he's at. He's not blocking the plate. He's actually technically inside the line. He gave him a lane to the plate, right? 100% Isn't that what the rule is supposed to be? But I, I bet if you blur this rule, whatever it is, like he's, oh, technically his knee's on the line. Technically his foot covers. Like for them to change that rule, I would like when they first made that rule change, I was like, just send everybody every time. Every time. Uh, I was 7-1 seven, seven and one or 7-2 and two in Oakland. I don't care who, who that team was. Put me in Oakland. I was arrogant. I have all this foul territory. I can live on corners, have you foul balls off. We're going to dive and catch it. We're going to get there. Yankee Stadium and Fenway, there's none. I don't have that confidence. And then I got these walls that seem like they're on me. The fans are over me. And you start to lose it a little bit. You know that anything in the air is gone. Jeter had that right field, center field where the ball just jumped. And now you get, like, a little bit more gun shy. So in Fenway, I was awful. Yankee Stadium, I was good because I was arrogant because it was the Yankees and you want to beat them. But then you put me in places like – you know, I didn't pitch in St. Louis, but once. But you put places like where the I know the ball's not traveling, the Padre Stadium, mm -hmm. and there's just something about you that, like, you just know you're going to have success and a better version of you comes out. So, yeah, 100%. Well, and then I guess along those same lines, we were kind of talking about this in, in terms of, you know, umpiring around Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you've got an umpire with a big zone, I, I feel like that's got to be something, you, especially if you're kind of a pitch-to-contact type of guy. You know that, too. Yeah. Like we should. I mean, how are you not doing your homework on all this? I got a lot of free time. I got all the time in the world, right? And, I mean, I get to the field. I got hours to, to study all this. I Did you do that between starts? Yeah. Like, you know got, who your plate umpire yeah. was and all that? And you got five days before. And there's some umpires that are pitcher-friendly. I remember Wolf. Wolf was the best. I, I didn't think that he was giving me off the plate, but he gave me the corners that I needed where I needed him down. And there's other umpires. I remember uh, in Fenway, I was getting rocked one day, and I, I don't remember his name, and I, I gave up a run. I'm backing up home, and as I'm coming back, I'd said something to him, and he, and he, didn't, he didn't respond. I was like, okay, I'm not going to make a fuss. At the end of the inning, I slow walked it, which I always run off the field, and I said, dude, what's the issue here? I'm throwing strikes, and you're not giving them. And this was before the box on TV, but we had Quest Tech. And he goes, Josh, we got Quest Tech here, and they're, they're judging me tonight, and I have to be extra tight. He goes, I agree. I think you're throwing strikes, but I can't give them to you tonight. And I was like, I just appreciate you being honest. But there's nothing I can do at that point. Wow. So, yes. <laughs> okay. So a lot of stuff that goes on that, like, a lot of people don't realize. But, yeah, it's – you need to factor all that in. Well, one hour down here on the run line. Another hour left to come. A lot At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 